Amy, we are here with you. Yes. And I would imagine for most of us, one of the first things that's on our mind is how Jeff is doing. How can we pray? So can you give us a real-time update on, 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 on how my dear friend and brother is doing? Yes, absolutely. So as many of you know, Jeff was diagnosed with cancer um, earlier this year, and uh, we had gone uh, back in November with what we just thought was um, a swollen lip node, and that just wouldn't go away. And uh, after a couple of tests and a, a couple of different surgeries, sending that off to pathology, they did confirm that, yes, he had cancer um, on one of his tonsils. And so after the two surgeries, um, they began radiation and chemo, and they uh, suggested six weeks of radiation and three rounds of chemo. And uh, thankfully, uh, we are in the six week of radiation. He has uh, two more days left. And that treatment so, will be yeah. completed and over. He could possibly need one more chemotherapy session. Um, and that will be decided next week. Um, but he is saying that he thought it would be much worse than what it has been. So we're, we're so very thankful for that. Um, but he is in a lot of pain this week. Um, it has become very difficult to swallow. So he's not had food in several weeks. He's getting all his nutrition from, uh, drinks and, you know, protein drinks and insures. And so he's lost a lot of weight. He's lost a lot of muscle. And so he's uh, very tired. He's sleeping a lot. Um, but we know that his body needs that. And so we're just, you know, letting, he's letting his body tell him what he needs to do right now. And, and right now that's a lot of rest and a lot of sleep. So he's, uh, would probably say the biggest prayer request is his pain right now. It's, uh, um, they say that radiation to the throat area is one of the most painful places um, to have it. And so he has burns in his throat and sores in his throat. And so it's, uh, it's definitely been a challenging season. And it's really been interesting for our family, for, for me going through what I went through many years ago. Uh, he and I have talked a lot about, we've kind of swapped roles and I'm learning the challenges of what it means to be the care caregiver. Mm -hmm. And he's learning the challenges of being the patient. And so the Lord has really just um, taught us so much um, that we've both kind of been on both sides now and can be, um, you know, just minister to even more people because we understand uh, being the one that's the patient and being the one that is giving, is giving the care. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, that's been, uh, just a great, you know, learning experience for both of us, but he definitely needs prayers for pain and will need prayers, uh, for strength. And he's realizing that he's not going to finish this treatment and just be able to, to bounce back immediately like he would like to. It's, it's going to take some time for his, his body to, to regain that weight and that strength and uh, to be able to get back to, to life as normal. So, so um, how is his voice holding out? His voice is very weak and he uh, saves it. Um, to be able to just speak what he needs, he needs to say. Um, but he is, uh, did not have to lose his voice completely. Thank the Lord. So many of you prayed. We are so thankful. We can fill those prayers. Uh, they had told us originally that they really thought that he would need speech therapy to learn how to speak again after this treatment was over. Will not need that. They told us that he could possibly need a feeding tube because he would not be able to swallow at all. That did not happen. And so for what it is, he feels like he's been very, very blessed, and we know that it's because of the prayers of yeah. of this community and and our friends. And we're we are so grateful. Well, we sure miss him. You know, Jeff's one of those guys that that if if I were going to war, I would want him beside me. Yes. I mean, he is such a he is such a fighter and such a strong will, and sometimes you just gotta like 
the Lord will kind of lay you down. God says, I know, I'm going to actually win this battle. Yes. You know, but it's just really, it's just so encouraging. And my interactions with Jeff come kind of on text, just, it's just been neat. I, I, you know, I'm watching like a transformation mm-hmm. just in my communications with him. So I just, it's, it's, you know, I, I was praying for him the other day and I thought the Lord gave me the, the, basically the word, mm-hmm. you know, for him was on the occasion when Satan, you know, asked to sift Peter like wheat. Mm-hmm. But Jesus said, okay, but I, I've prayed for you, Peter. Yes. And your faith isn't going to fail. Mm-hmm. And when this is all over, you're going to turn around and strengthen your brothers. Mm-hmm. And I said, Jeff, I, I believe you're going to come out of this and you're going to bring a strength to me, your brother, mm-hmm. you know, that's going yes. to be so good and so rich. So yeah. God's doing something so powerful. That's such a good word, too, because we would picture that if the enemy approached the Lord and said, I, I have targeted this one, yeah. that surely Jesus's answer would be, no, you cannot do that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Leave them alone. And his answer was, I prayed for you. Yeah. And so it, it gives this uh, picture of I, I'm going to let him come for you a little bit, but I have prayed for you. And after you have withstood this trial, mm-hmm. you can then go strengthen others who yeah. are also going through it. Yeah. And I think that sometimes we just picture that surely the Lord would just give a way of escape. Yeah. And that's not always what he does in trials and temptation. Yes, but not always in trials. He, a lot of times in trials, he gives us just the strength to, to get through it. And yeah. something, something I've learned, and I had even written this down earlier that, um, the Lord had showed me, and I believe that this has been true in my life. And I think it's true in Jeff's as well. And so, and I'm sure yours as well. Um, when you joyfully endure a trauma, the Lord will give you authority over the spirit of trauma. When you have withstood something with joy, you can go speak in authority over that spirit in someone else's life. And because they come into the presence of someone who has joyfully endured what they're enduring. And there are few things that are as comforting as that. And so I, uh, I just look forward to seeing what the Lord is going to do. And in my own situation, it took several years for me to fully recognize what the Lord had done in me and what I had learned. And so we know that the Lord is doing even so much more in Jeff right now and in our family that we won't even see for a while. And it's that root, it's underground, and we don't know what's going on down there. But at some point, it's going to produce some some really great fruit. And we're, and then we'll be able to, to see exactly why it was uh, even uh, his purpose for us to go through this. And yeah. we just, we look forward to that. We're, we're trusting him for that, for that great so fruit. Good. I want to get to moms in a, in a minute, but respond to this because so the bible says count it all joy, joy when you fall in these trials and whatnot i mean mm-hmm. count it all joy mm-hmm. having lived your life with the tragedies the loss of your mom the car wreck the physical issues mm-hmm. now with jeff how, how how do you do that i mean how what what gives us the the ability to count all that as joy because that seems and sounds so counterintuitive to everything that would be natural and instinctual of us humans to yes. count it joy. Mm-hmm. Respond to that. How, how do you, how have you counted all this joy? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, first of all, I think that, you know, G- Jesus being our example and everything, but it says that, you know, he, uh, endured the cross, despising the shame for the joy set before him. And I believe that that speaks to us in our trials as well, that sometimes we're counting it because it's not necessarily what we're experiencing in that moment, but it's the joy that's coming. It's the joy that is set before us. And I believe that it's the fellowship of his sufferings that 
Christ comes so close to those who are broken in spirit. And his presence is what produces joy in our lives. It's that abiding in him. And so to be able to just fully be intimate with him, you you see his suffering so different when you've been through your own. Yeah. And he loves to come close to to the brokenhearted. And I I've said so many times when I was a teenager, I thought, oh well he loves to come close when I liked so and so and they didn't like me back. And you know, that's not exactly what, you know, that scripture's talking about. It when he's talking about the brokenhearted brokenhearted, he's talking about crushed in spirit. And the Lord moves really, really close to those who are crushed in spirit. And he becomes our joy. And we realize that when we take it off the temporal things, then it never waxes and wanes because he's the only constant in our lives. And so I think that um, that counting process, count it all joy, is, is yes, enduring where you are, but knowing that it's producing something that's far greater, mm-hmm. a far greater glory than we could ever imagine, that he loves to reward endurance. Yeah. And the scripture that talks about when you've done all you can, just stand. Mm-hmm. Like sometimes just standing is, is enough. And he, he just comes in and he, he gives that strength. The joy of the Lord is our strength. You lose your joy, you lose your strength. Yeah. And so just his uh, intimacy, the, the closeness to him, uh, the closeness of him is something that produces joy, in our pe- joy and peace in our lives that nothing else can. So good. One more one more question that yes. we didn't rehearse this, so this is really straight from the hip. But I, I was just thinking as you were sharing that, you know, having been in ministry, kind of basically full time for almost 25 years in sort of charismatic Pentecostal circles, you know, we, we believe in healing. I mean, mm-hmm. we pray for physical healing. You know, I have seen extraordinary miracles mm-hmm. of, of people being healed, but then I've seen so many who have not you know, experience physical healing. Yes. And, and it's been such a wrestle over the years having to answer people, you know, who, who still are struggling with physical sickness mm-hmm. and they're contending, right, for physical healing. Yes. But it's not happening, mm-hmm. right? Now, there's lots of schools of thought, mm-hmm. lots of theology, lots of camps, lots of opinions out there, mm-hmm. but it still doesn't negate the the that person that's believing God for physical healing, yet it's not manifesting physically Mm -hmm. in that particular moment. How, how do you walk with that? I think that, that Mm -hmm. impacts so many people. You know, how do you walk that out when it's not happening, but Mm -hmm. you're praying? How do you just not fall into discouragement, despair, um, unbelief, Mm -hmm. lose your faith? Mm -hmm. Because I mean, it's, it's happened to many, you know, how do you do it? How do you mm-hmm. walk? Because I mean, you're people, you know, look at you and they may not really realize, but like you got like a metal leg, mm-hmm. so to speak. Yes. You got some metal in your arm. I do. You're, you're, at a, you're at a pain level every day, right? Yes. It can vary, but you know, from one to 10, I guess, but it, it, it can vary. So you, if you don't know that, I mean, she literally needs physical healing. Mm-hmm. You may not see it, but it's a, it's a need and you're contending for it, but it's not happened yet. Yes. How do you how do you how do you do it? Mm-hmm. That's probably the question that I'm asked the, the most often, um, and I under and I understand. I I think that um, for me personally, I can only answer for, answer for me. But my delay in healing and my physical limitations drive me to God. That they keep me so dependent on the Lord mm-hmm. that that is because I do pray for physical healing, yeah. but I also pray, Lord, I don't ever want to do life on my own again. Yeah. And I was saved and walked with the Lord long before I had physical limitations. 
And I didn't wake up with the urgency to get to the Lord like I do now. Now I, I recognize when I wake up in the morning, I can't do what I need to do for my family without the Lord giving me my physical strength for that day. And I read a quote the other day and it said, any day that we go without praying is a day in essence that we thought we could walk in without the Lord. Mm. And it just convicted me because I thought I had a lot of those days prior to my accident. I don't have any of those days anymore. It's not an option for me to uh, start my day without the Lord. I, I recognize my own weakness the minute my eyes open in the morning and it drives me to the Lord. And so I look at that as that I need healing in my body, but my spirit is being renewed. That as physical healing has been delayed, internal healing has sped up. Yeah, so powerful. Yeah, say that again. That's really, that's, say it again. Yes, as As, physical healing has been delayed, mm -hmm. internal healing Mm. has sped up. It's powerful. Because physical limitations show you exactly where you are with the Lord. Yeah. They really do. Like, do I have the faith to rejoice in someone else's healing when I still need it myself? Mm. And can I be like the Hebrew children who said, you know, we know that God can deliver us from this fiery furnace. We don't know that he will. We're just here to declare that he can. Yeah. Yeah. And can I worship him for being healer, even if he's not being healer in my life right now? For my physical healing. And for for me, my answer is yes. I can Mm. still worship him as healer, even though I'm not experiencing that in my body right now. And then, of course, I'm encouraged by uh, the woman with the issue of blood who was sick 14 years. Mm. You know, I'm not at year 14 yet. (laughs) And she still got her healing. Mm. So delayed healing is not a denial in healing. Mm -hmm. And that keeps me pressing in as well, that he knew when that lady was going to get healed. He, Mm. He knew the entire time. And he knew when the the man who was uh, paralyzed was was sitting at the the waters, yeah. and that he needed healing, and he knew that that was going to be a testament of Jesus healing of him, and and it was for everyone who was there to witness that mm. that day they needed to see that, and God had picked out a specific day and a specific time on the calendar for that man to take up his bed and walk. Mm-hmm. And it, it was on the calendar. It was on the divine calendar the entire time that he had been paralyzed. And so I don't know when my day on the calendar is. Yeah. And I don't want to give up before that day happens. Yeah. Because it could be tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And it could be next week. And until it happens, I am contending for it. Yeah. That, you know, that's, that's powerful revelation. I mean, two things you said there, that delayed physical healing has sped up spiritual healing. Yes. And delayed healing is not a denial for that healing. You know, you, you brought up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, because I was really just fixing to say that, because God used that story to help me deal with this issue of physical healing. Mm-hmm. I mean, like years and years and years wrestling, you know, watching people healed, watching people sick, and watching people die, watching Christian families. You know, I remember at the bedside, you know, watching their, their, their child, their six-year-old child die of leukemia. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, praying and, and fasting, but he died. You know, and I, I would just like, God, I, I, I mean, help me. I'm struggling because I got, I got this whole bunch of scriptures here and I got this whole bunch of scriptures here and it's just real. I mean, it's just, it's, yes. a, it's a, it's a struggle in that, in that place. But in that story, you know, that's how God helped me with this mm-hmm. because Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said in effect, whether we're delivered in the fire or through the fire, mm-hmm. King Nebuchadnezzar, we're not going to bow down to you. Yes. 
And in that moment, I realized something. Oh my gosh, how many of us bow down to our sicknesses Mm -hmm. and our difficulties? How we let them define us, right? So the, it's, oh, that's, that's what we can tell people. You know, sometimes you're delivered in it or through it, but you don't have to bow down to it. Yes. Because so many folks that are struggling with physical sickness, they let it define them. Mm-hmm. Their whole life orbits around doctor's visits and prescriptions and it's and defined them. And we don't have to live like, I think that's what you're saying. Yes. We don't have to let our physical sickness define us. Yes. We don't have to bow down to it because Jesus <laughs> is in it with us. Yes. In that fiery furnace of affliction. He's actually right there with us. He's close to us in the fire. Well, and we want, we want our struggles to glorify God. I would love to be, I would love to be healed, but I can tell you that, um, Mm. Johnny Erickson taught us faith inspires me because would it have been easier for her to worship the Lord these past 50 years Mm -hmm. when, if God had healed her the day that she was paralyzed, or is it more impressive to me that she is still serving him after being paralyzed for 50 years? Yeah. Well, the latter is, and, and she wanted her life to glorify God. And I would say, she would say, so I echo her that she feels like her life has brought more glory to God because she has worshiped him in spite of being a quadriplegic. And that is harder to do than worshiping him after he heals you. It just, it just is. And so her testimony is so, is so inspiring because she does not doubt God as healer. Mm-hmm. She knows that she will be healed here or there. Yeah. And then there's another verse um, that the Lord gave me after my mom passed away because that was such a trying time. My mom and I were in the car together when we were hit and my mom passed away. <laughs> from her injuries in that car accident. And there's a verse in Job. I wish I could remember the reference at the moment, but it's talking about our lives and that our days are numbered. And there's a verse in, in Job that says that God sets limits that we cannot pass. Mm. And the Lord gave that to me in the hospital when I was wrestling because my mom passed away when she was only 58, you know, relatively young. I was 36. And when I looked up that verse, the Lord just comforted me with it. And I didn't have an explanation. Um, It still didn't make sense to me, all, all of the reasons. But he sent me to that verse and it says, I set limits that no Hmm. man can pass. And I just recognize that God in his sovereignty and his goodness uh, had set a day on the calendar long before I was born and my mom was not going to pass that limit. Mm -hmm. And she was going to see him on that day and being comforted in the fact that she was not disappointed and she did not get there and wonder why she wasn't here with me. She was completely happy and is completely happy tonight that she's been with him all these years. And, but what what a comforting verse, you know, it, it, I don't have the answers to every question, but I certainly can point you to the one who, who does. So good. I love what you said about, um, how the Lord has a specific day on the calendar for your healing Mm -hmm. and that you want to continue to like press into that because it could be tomorrow or it could be in two weeks and you don't want to give up now. And I love the story of the woman with the issue of blood. That's such a good story. And I love what I love about that story the most is how she determined to get her healing Yes, and how she was so desperate to the point where she's, you know, if I can just touch the hem of his garment, I'd be made whole. And that she pulled power from him. Like he wasn't, of course, he knew that it was going to happen, but it still like threw him off. But she was so determined to get her healing. And yes. I just love that, that you have to keep pressing through. Like yes. you cannot give up because it might be tomorrow or yes. it might be the next And week. she was that determined still after all those years. years. Yeah, yeah she, so didn't, she didn't see her uh, delay as denial. 
Yeah. And just for all my charismatic Pentecostal healing explosion people, you know, you can do both simultaneously. Yes. You can contend and pray and stand and believe for healing. And I, I want to empty every round in the gun, you know, yeah. when I'm praying for healing. I, I want to leave it all in the face. I want to pray and believe and not just ascribe it all to the sovereignty of God, if God wills it. Because I think God does will healing too. But God yes. has other purposes as well. And you can carry both of those things. It's, it's, yeah. it's a mystery. Yes, you know? It's sure. a tension that we don't understand. But you can do both. And, and, yes. and that I want to pray for healing and believe and stand and continue to pray for you for Thank physical you. healing. I, yes. I don't want to just give up on that. But in the meantime, you're not going to bow down to that particular Nebuchadnezzar because <clears throat> somehow in that fire, Jesus is like really, really close. Yes. He's so close in that fire. Yes. That's so yes. powerful. Well, you, you were talking about your mom. Mm-hmm. So it's a great natural segue mm-hmm. because this coming Sunday is... Mother's Day, it's a fitting day that our society and culture will set aside a day to, to honor moms. Yes. Now, I will say there are a lot of holidays, I think, that were created by Hallmark and Florist. You kind of wonder, what's mm-hmm. this, you know, what's it? it's the chocolate chip cookie day kind of thing. But, but I think it's very fitting that we, <laughs> that we take a day to honor, honor moms. And you are sharing this Sunday. So can you give us a little, maybe a little spoiler on um, what's mm-hmm. coming this Sunday? I can. Um, I have been just praying for weeks and it's just, it's such an interesting day to to speak on because I feel like it is certainly a day that just a gamut of emotions can arise in people. Mm-hmm. And I have just been praying Father, I I feel insufficient for this. You you need to give me your heart uh, for a Mother's Day because everyone has one. Yeah. Everyone had a mom or has a mom. We all have different relationships with our mothers. And I want to be able to minister to everyone. And so I have just been praying, Father, give give me your heart. And that's usually how he speaks to me. We, we were talking about before even the segment that I don't consider myself a teacher um, that comes up with great content that God comes in and blesses. I just am a girl who really just loves the Lord and loves to love on people. And so when he gives me an open door, normally he will start giving me a heart for the people that are going to hear that message before he'll give me content. And the verse there that he gave me was just, you know, I felt, Amy, I want you to go rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. And to find the balance, which I'm still going to be praying about because I have a few days of rejoicing with those who rejoice, that we have a lot of expectant moms. We have a lot of moms who are going to come in and, and watch on Sunday, and maybe they are just having the best Mother's Day they, they have ever had. And I want to rejoice with them. And we also have even those in our community who have buried moms this year. Uh, Jeff lost his mom uh, just a few weeks ago. And we have those who have buried children this year. And it's going to be a hard day for them. And I so want to connect with the heart of the father who sees all of that and has something to offer every one of them. And as I was asking the Lord, what, how can I do this? How, how can I go and really connect? What can I offer them? And I just, I heard him say, you offer them me. You don't offer them answers. There's not a scripture verse that's going to fit every situation. But you go offer them me. 
And I have, I have prayed into that and feel like the Lord is really going to meet some people on Sunday and that he's going to connect his heart with yours, wherever you find yourself on that day. That's so good. You know, you, we think Mother's Day is all happy and flowers, but you're right. There's a, there's a tragic side to that, mm-hmm. you know, for those who lost moms. You know, that's so true. Take, take just a second and speak, though, to um, even spiritual moms. I think that's, a, mm-hmm. that's something we don't talk so much about. But a lot of people's lives, you know, have been very marked by a, a spiritual mom, a yes. m- maternal spiritual mom's influence. And that's, a, mm-hmm. that's real. It is real. And I feel like it's so real even in this season that uh, during this quarantine, during this pandemic, there, there has been so much fear. And, you know, when you think about even uh, growing up, a, a lot of kids will run to their dads when, you know, they want to rough house or they want to play. And, um, but a lot of children will go to a mom or a maternal figure when they feel fearful. and when they need comfort. And I feel like that the Lord is empowering women's voices right now Mm -hmm. to really be able to speak a comforting word into the situation and into people's lives personally. And uh, women, I think, tend to be more communicative in nature. And I feel like that people are desperate for an encouraging word, a loving word, words of affirmation, someone to come and call out the gold out of them. And because what I have found in wanting to be a a spiritual mom and having people be spiritual moms to me is that a lot of us feel like we're, we're lacking a lot of things. And when I meet people, what I, what I see is that they're actually not lacking. It just hasn't been brought up yet. No one has called it out. It's Mm -hmm. actually in there. Mm -hmm. And the Lord has given us everything we need for life and godliness. But sometimes we need a voice to come in and call it out of us. And I feel like a maternal voice does that so well. And anyone can be that. And any age. If you're you're in your 20s, there is a teenager that can uh, benefit from you speaking life over them. And if you're a teenager, you can work with children and, and call out the gold in them. And so we don't have to have, uh, given birth to biological children or adopt children for that to be, for our voice to be maternal. Yeah. We just need to connect with the, with the heart of God and ask him, how can I speak into people's lives as a maternal voice, giving comfort, uh, giving a teaching? It was interesting. I was reading in uh, Proverbs last night, and the advice to the young man was, don't forsake your father's instruction mm-hmm. or your mother's teachings. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was interesting. So I looked it up. I actually asked Alicia to look it up for me. And the the word instruction, was ve- it was very specific about a specific task. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then teachings, huh. it said a lifestyle of, of, of giving, uh, mm-hmm. of something being taught. In other words, that that presence. Mm -hmm. And what I saw is that, yes, fathers and a fatherly voice can instruct, but a woman's voice is so full of influence. Yeah. Influence. Yeah, I've never seen that. And I love that, the aspect of comparing that even to uh, just the Holy Spirit. Sometimes the Holy Spirit we don't see as uh, the one instructing, you know, that Jesus was the word. He gave instruction. But the Holy Spirit is influence, that you can be in a service and all of a sudden you just know the atmosphere changes. And it's because his presence has just shown up in a powerful way. And I think mothers, spiritual mothers, physical mothers, all kinds of moms, grandmothers, sometimes just their presence showing up will change the entire atmosphere uh, of something that's going on. It will change how people see, what they hear, how they feel in that moment. And 
that is something that as women, I think that we have that gift of influence. I think in a worldly sense, it can be uh, used as manipulation. Um, But in a good sense, it's influence. And as women, uh, the Lord has given us the gift of influence. And right now is a great time to use that. So we hear a lot about the relationship between the daughter and the mom mm-hmm. and a lot about the relationship between the son and the father. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's, but you don't hear as much about the son and the mom. You know, yeah. it's, it's like there's a, there's a lot talked about in those kind of natural things, mm-hmm. but there's something, there's an interesting dynamic that happens between a, a son and his, and his, and his mom. Would you speak yeah, to that? Absolutely. I feel like exactly what you said, that there is, even in Mother's Day, there's a lot of talk about motherless daughters. Mm-hmm. And on Father's Day, we really think about, oh man, the, those men who've lost their dads. Yeah. And I'm trying, I'm still trying to figure out why that is. I, I don't know that maybe part of it is that men get married. And so maybe you think, well, they still have, you know, a female who's very important in their lives. The most yeah. prominent female is still there. Mm-hmm. And whereas for, for me, my, my mom became my best friend. And so she was the closest female to me. And so the loss looked very different, Mm -hmm. but unless, um, well, not unless it's always the case that a wife doesn't fill the same spot as a mom filled. And you in fact, actually, a wife, in fact, a wife doesn't want to be their husband's mom. <laughs> That's exactly like, right. I'm, I'm not your mama. I've heard that. I'm not your mama. That's yeah. exactly right. And I think that for, for me, that I can see that, yes, I have a daughter and a son and those relationships are very different. What they yeah. need from me is very different. Yeah. Our relationships are just as close, but they look different. Yeah. And I actually wanted to ask you, because you've also lost your mom, mm-hmm. and what that looks like as, as a son, because yeah. it's still a significant loss, sure. but I feel like sometimes we don't really let people hear from a man's viewpoint yeah. about what it is to lose a mom. Yeah. My my mom died just over three years ago. Mm. It was it was uh, and and she died from a COPD. If you know, that's a very it's not a quick death. It's a slow death. She was a smoker, but she had quit smoking for like 25 years. But sometimes the damage is done and may not show up for years and years and years later. Mm-hmm. So she developed COPD, and it's just a, it's an excruciating because your because your lungs just lose capacity you know, over, over time. And you're fully aware of what's happening to you the, the entire time. So it was in losing mom, it was, it was kind of an incremental loss Mm -hmm. of, you know, watching that happen to her, you know, and, and mom, I was pretty much an only child because my mom um, had another child with a previous marriage, but he was way out of the house when I was born. He was already Mm -hmm. gone in Hawaii in the military. So I grew up as an, as an, as an only child. So I was very much like the center of their universe mm-hmm. and the center of her universe. Mm-hmm. So to say I was a mama's boy was probably like a, like a, a real understatement. Mm-hmm. You know, so mom, I mean, I knew, I mean, my mom loved me with a, I mean, a ferocity. I mean, just That's a, true. just a strong, powerful love. Mm-hmm. And just, she was just, and, and there were times in our life growing up that mom would always say she was a nurse. You know, so she could always save money. Dad was a business guy, but kind of high risk. So if it wasn't for her, there'd be lots of time. I, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have clothes to wear and we wouldn't have a place to live if it wasn't for mom. Just just mm-hmm. was going to provide, you know, and make sure I was like taken, taken care of, you know, so losing your mom, it was the first loss, you know, mm-hmm. and when you're in ministry, you like see people die all the time, sadly, and, and you walk people through grief, but you haven't really tapped the grief yourself. Yes. You know, so 
losing mom. I, re- I remember, you know, the, I mean, the day she, I, I, we was in the room, hospice, you know, it was in the day. I, I'd, I'd had a conversation with her just the day before, mm-hmm. you know, and it was the next day, literally, you know, that she was just starting, you know, to, to go. And I, and I remember looking at her and I said, Mom, you know, you can let go. Mm-hmm. You know, it's okay. You can, you can go. And, and I literally just, just watched her take her last breath, mm-hmm. you know, and just, and just go right then. And I remember that the, 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 the pit in your stomach, just that, that thing, just, that loss just immediately pierced me. And I, and I, and I just walked out of the house and I, and I, and I found a place next to the HVAC outside and I just, man, I wept and I, and I cried because it's just the loss of mom. Yes. It, was, it was, it was just, it, it surprised me because I thought I was prepared for the loss mm-hmm. because I knew she was going to die. It was, it was, mm-hmm kind of leading up to that end. So we'd already made all the plans and all the arrangements, but then, but then it happened. And you're right. There's nothing that prepares you for the loss of mom, yes. you know, and, and still today I, I, it's, it's, it's hard to even like, you know, this, it's like, it's hard to even believe that they're really gone. Mm-hmm. You know, you still think, well, mom's there. No, no, she really isn't there like yes. she used to be, you know? So yeah, I, yeah. The, the, the power of mom is so strong and I, yeah, nothing prepares you for that. No, it's um, it's a really just a strange feeling, honestly. Yeah. I think that if you have a healthy relationship with with your mom, and and many don't. Yeah. Um, I was I was blessed to, but it's it's. I don't know. There's something about your if you have a healthy relationship with your mom and she's there. There's there's someone always to call. Yeah. That um the relationship was set up that she took care of you, Yeah, you know, and I'm sure particularly as, um, as a husband, as a dad, because you feel like you protect and provide for them. But the mom, even when you're grown, if you have a healthy relationship is the one that you can kind of call to take care of you. Yeah, And so it was, it was the loss of that, the loss of, um, like, oh, I've got to grow up in a way that I didn't have to, that, that if I have to go into surgery tomorrow, who am I going to call to take care of me? And because, you know, I think I can say this women typically are the ones who take care of us when we're sick and who are more, uh, on top of those things. And it was really, it was really strange for me, particularly to be the, at the most physical weakest that I was and lose my mom in this, in the same season. And I just remember, you know, really leaning heavily on the Lord because of that. And I, I remember, and I know so many of our, uh, our community knows exactly what I'm talking about. But for me, someone asked, what was the hardest, uh, what was the hardest moment? And I was in one hospital when my mother passed away at a different hospital from, from the same accident. And as hard as that was, I remember the day that I had uh, to delete the word um, mom out of my phone contacts. Was probably one of the hardest things I I did. It, it was kind of that finalization of, wow, the, this not only is this person but this position, and all that that word embodies. I am swiping left to take out of my phone. And only the Lord can come in and give comfort. And he did. And he does. And, you know, the scripture tells us that even when my father and mother forsake me, and although hers was not willing, it still felt like that. Like, I am on my own. And the Lord comes in and he says, oh, no, you're not. And what you even used to call her for, I'm going to provide now. And I am not ever going anywhere. And I have life and I have life abundantly and I have lived forever and will live forever. And I am 
I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. And you learn that, that even in the, in the best intentions of the best people cannot promise to always be there. They just can't. But God, he is always there. And again, he moves in closer when those things that we have relied on and depended upon are gone and he gives beauty for ashes and he gives joy that is unspeakable and full of glory. And I can attest, my family can attest that I am a more joyful girl now than I ever was before that accident. And only the Lord can do that. Only the Lord can give joy after um, such a significant loss And I talked about this last year and probably will again this year on Mother's Day that that first uh, Mother's Day after my accident, Mm. um, I just didn't know how I was going to get up. I remember shopping that weekend and it seemed like every store I went in, the Mother's Day cards were just everywhere. And I kept being reminded that I didn't have anyone to to buy one for. Hmm. And it just felt um, empty. And I remember thinking, I don't know what I'm going to do. And I just feel like I need to get through tomorrow. I just need to get through Mother's Day. And, but I was, I was scheduled to sing. And so I got up and I thought, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna go and I'm gonna do this. And, um, I, I got here and I came up on the platform to sing. And I think around the second song, I just started crying. And I didn't realize it, but Alicia, my daughter, was, uh, was here as well. And when she saw me cry, it made her cry. <laughs> and so she walked out the back doors and was in the restroom. And when I came down these stairs, someone came and said, Alicia's crying in the restroom. And so I went and found her and one of our friends followed me in there and she said, I know what we need to do. And Jeff was about to preach. (laughs) And so what we did was we went and got in my van and we went to the Dunkin' Donuts up here and we ate chocolate covered donuts. Uh, Chocolate solves a lot of things. For the rest (laughs) of the service. And uh, we came back at the end and (laughs) got in our car and went home. And I remember that when I was going to sleep that night, I was just kind of thinking about that day. And I just promise you, just in the spirit, I just heard the Lord say, well done. I did. And I thought, I probably heard this wrong. And so I listened again, and I heard, well done. Hmm. And I just felt in my spirit, you know what? You gave, you offered what you had. For sure. You showed up. Mm -hmm. You you tried. You sang one and a half songs. (laughs) And you left, and you went and ate donuts. And it was just all you had to offer that particular Mother's Day. And you know what? The Lord was good with it. Yeah. He was just good with it. And the next year, I think I made it a little bit longer. I think I still left early. <laughs> and then last year, which was eight years later, I stood on this stage yeah. and and preached my first sermon on Mother's Day. That's crazy. Why? Because God brings healing. Mm-hmm. And what I have learned and what I want to speak on Sunday is that we don't always get over things, but we do get through them. Mm-hmm. Yeah with God. And so I want to encourage everyone that this may be your first Mother's Day. You know, it's not gonna, it's not gonna look like that first Mother's Day for me after loss. And it's not gonna look like this Mother's Day for me. You know, I'm nine years into this now. There's a progression. And on that first, in 2012, that first Mother's Day spent without my mom, I never thought I would have a, another good Mother's Day. And and now I do. I really enjoyed last Mother's Day. And it's because he comes and he just meets us where we are and he brings healing and we learn to walk through things with him and we're different 
But we go in and out of these seasons, hard seasons, joyful seasons. And what he has really taught me is to just, whatever season I find myself in, that I can just be all there. And if this Mother's Day is hard for some, it's it's really okay. You don't have to feign strength. You don't have to pretend um, that it's wonderful. And if it is a wonderful Mother's Day, you don't have to feel any guilt that you are having a wonderful Mother's Day while maybe other people are not, that we will all trade places in this, yeah. you know, and that uh, we can all be there and we can weep with those who weep. We can rejoice with those who rejoice and knowing that we need him on the very best Mother's Day we've ever had. And we need him on the hardest Mother's Day we've ever had. Jesus is there and donuts. And donuts. Donuts just help a little bit don't they, they actually did <laughs> I, i'll have to say a lot of people ask well like did that really help i'm like yeah yeah it really it really did I, donuts I, help I a lot of things it did, especially the oh second one like it was <laughs> the second one particularly <laughs> really helped so we get ready to kind of kind of wind things down lisa do, do you have any thoughts or questions as relates to this or anything from um your perspective that's really good <laughs> thank you um kind of put me on the spot I haven't gotten my thoughts together I do have mm-hmm. a question though I yes. was wondering if you could just maybe just share like what are your favorite things about being a mom mm. or maybe some sweet moments you've had with your kids mm. just something cute or funny for us to yes to enjoy I'm like which one <laughs> with Landon particularly I have so many funny uh funny moments what's um, the new thing uh thunder and Wonder and thunder. Wonder and thunder. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Wonder and thunder. Alicia's wonder. Thing. Alicia's wonder. Yeah. She she wonder. came out asking questions. <laughs> she just is. <laughs> she has a very curious mind, and yeah. uh, one day particularly, she was three or four, and she was just asking, you know, two hundred questions, and uh, she would just, I would take a different, you know, route to mcdonald's or something and why are we going this way why don't we go the other way that that way has three red lights and this one says two traffic lights i think this takes longer and you know she just and i'm like who who even cares about this at three and i'm like does it have three traffic lights you know look at the flowers on the road enjoy those and and she just she had such an inquisitive mind and i remember uh one day i i just looked back and i told her i said you're out of questions for the day and um, she just limit. she just looks so disappointed. And she <laughs> said, but I really need to ask you one more. Like, I've really been thinking about it all day. I really need an answer to this question. Can I please just ask you one more <laughs> question? So I said, sure. And she said, if, if you were um, a Chinese woman, what would you name your dog? <laughs> okay. And I just remember <laughs> thinking, like, that's... That's the question that's that's burning on your heart today after the hundred questions you've already would already ask. And so Jeff ended up nicknaming her wonder because she wondered this and she wondered that. And she just, she loves, and still to this day, she loves um, information. And uh, her and I were writing together yesterday and I looked over and uh, she had a book and I kind of flipped over the, um, the, the cover and it said uh, the neuroscience of personality and I just asked her I said did you bring along some light reading you know for our lunch <laughs> right. and um, uh, but she's she loves information she's she's so intelligent like her dad and, and so give us one on Landon give us a give us a let me a, think a thunder story a thunder story a thunderstorm thunderstorm <laughs> let me think Landon is um, he is just an absolute joy uh to our family he he is just he adds this humor and um just <laughs> he just makes us he just makes us laugh and he is one of the most thoughtful kids he was only 5 when my accident happened and he would he loved to take care of his mom and so he was the one who always wanted to drive my wheelchair because I was in a wheelchair for quite a long time. And he just really, you know, wanted to be the one, you know, pushing me along. And 
I remember his, one of his teachers called me one day and uh, she said, I just want you to know that all the, I think the second graders were on the playground and they were playing. And she said, your son Landon turned around and saw a little girl, girl in her wheelchair and everyone was playing kickball. She wasn't in his class. She was in a different class. And she said, he went right over there to her and started throwing the ball with her. Hmm. And she said, um, I saw his heart that just could not stand that this little girl was going to be left out Hmm. on the playground. And uh, he told her, he's like, you know, if you need me to drive you to the library, like I've driven my mom in wheelchairs, like I know how to do this. And um, just kind of, you know, struck a little friendship with her um, to just to just make her feel included. And I love telling that story because as, as funny as he is and um, as just the humor that he brings, he is actually one of the most compassionate um, people that that I have ever met. He really loves to connect with people and he definitely has a a heart for people with disabilities. And I know that that's one of those joys. When I'm counting joy, I recognize that through my loss and through my accident, the Lord produced compassion Mm -hmm. in my son that would not have been there had that not happened with me. Yeah. So good. Yeah. Well, listen, we want you to pray, you know, for us. And, and I just want to say this, what you guys may not fully be aware of, it was just about four, a little over four years ago when there was a Meadow Baptist Church and a Cornerstone Church and, and that we came together and your unique call in ministry was music, as you alluded to on Mother's Day singing. And and, yes. and she you know, said something that you may not have picked up on, but she said on that Mother's Day last year, right, mm-hmm. was was your first time you really spoke. Yes. And one of the things that I watched her do, I mean, all you've done in church is music and sing and, yes. and you're gifted at it. You're good at it. You're great at it, in fact. But we had so many musicians coming in, you know, from, from our church and then with the out community again. I mean, lots of musicians. And, and I watched you, I watched Amy literally put down the music ministry, not in anger, not in like some people get mad and leave, but, but you did it willingly realizing I'm, I'm going to lay this down. Right. And not knowing what you're even going to pick up. Yes. But you, but you laid it down. Mm-hmm. You laid down the microphone. I did. But then God gave you back a microphone mm-hmm. and we've watched you in the past year, you know, speak and, and, and teach and environments like this. We've already gone over time, but I could sit here, I could sit here all night and listen to you and, and to watch how God is using you. Just, you're not singing, but you're speaking the word and revelation and, and it's, and, and it's so powerful. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a testimony. I mean, you're walking out something so beautiful that you laid down something that you loved and you cared for. That was very much kind of um, how you were identified. Yes. You know, you're, you're the, you're the music lady, you know, mm-hmm. you're the stereotypical pastor's wife, right? Play, sing, that's, that's what, that's what yes. you do, you know, but you put it down, mm-hmm. but then God gave you back something, mm-hmm. you know, it's precious. And, 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 and we are reaping the benefit, you know, as a body of believers, we're reaping the benefit mm-hmm. of, of what God has given you back. So I just, I just want to sort of publicly just say thank you for doing the very thing that you did and, and we're getting the benefit from it. Well, thank you for that. And, and I wanted to, to say to you as well, and I, I don't want to embarrass you, um, but we merged, you know, four years ago, like you said, and I was saying earlier that the Lord will sometimes give me a heart for the people that I'm going to, going to speak to. But even this afternoon, the Lord was just really showing me his heart for you. And I just want to honor you by saying, you know, the Lord used you and spoke to you specifically about both of our merges. And uh, the Lord, the Lord uses you in a really specific way. And even, you know, going back that it was your idea about getting all the pastors together to start praying together. And you networked so many uh, different men together that it produced different things that we're not walking in. And the Lord really showed me that 
you have been the origination, the originator of so many things. And then you kind of step back and let other people be in the forefront. And you've never begrudged that. And he is so pleased with you about that. I think that even though you have platform and and you you speak, I still feel like there's a lot of hidden things that people don't even realize that your hand has been in that uh, many receive their reward here. And I just think there's a lot of rewards that you have stored up for things that you have done that none of us know about. And he just, he just really spoke that to me really clearly this afternoon. So I just, I honor you in that, that you um, very easily, you and Michelle both um, champion other people to take their place, even if it's uh, more in the forefront than what even you are in that moment. And that that is rare and that is so needed in the body of Christ. And that is something that I am very grateful to to both of you for. Yeah, so good. Thank you. Thank you. Have a little affirmation, little <laughs> affirmation moments. Yes. God's been so kind to us and he's invited us to be part of something. You know, years in ministry, I, I kind of reached the place to where, you know, I, there's a season that you want to be something, you know. But after a while, you realize, I just, I just want to be part of something. Yeah. So be part of something yeah. bigger, grander, yeah. more glorious. I think of the I think of the Corey Asbury song. He, he taught you, you know, catch me up in your story, mm-hmm. all my life for your glory. And I'm convinced, for most of my life, I was praying, Lord, come be part of my story. Mm-hmm. Come be part of my story. Mm-hmm. And He meets us there. Sure. You know, but when we start changing and say, Lord, don't join me in my story. Lord, I want to join you in your story. Yes. And what you're describing. You know, like for me and, and even yourself, it's so much more fulfilling that way. It is. It's so much more satisfying. I don't feel any law. I, I, I'm so fulfilled mm-hmm. in what he is doing. It's so good. Yeah. So thank you for that. You're welcome. So I know if you're like me, you're looking forward to um, Sunday, 9 a.m. and 11.15. Amy's going to be with us. Also, the Sunday right after that, too, we get her, too. I was able to kind of talk her into doing two Sundays back to back. So we're going to, we're going to be doubly, doubly blessed. So we're so excited about what, what God's going to use you to share this this coming Sunday. And um, we're going to have her just, just pray Mm -hmm. um, over us and, and, and over, over you guys that are watching and um, then we'll be, we'll be done. Yes. So Matthew's going to start some music and we're going to pray. All right. Yes, absolutely. So, Father, we just thank you for meeting us here tonight. Lord, you say where two or three are gathered, you come and you just abide in the midst. And, Father, we just thank you for being present in our lives. And, Father, we thank you for making us part of your story. And, God, we want to be part of your story in any role that you choose. Father, whether it's in the background or whether it's in the forefront, Father, we just want to say yes to your invitation. And Father, I just pray for every person watching, Lord, that um, ever how they feel about this Mother's Day coming up, Lord, if they are expectant and excited and have plans, or if they're wondering how they're going to make it through this weekend, Father, I just pray that you would meet them exactly where they are tonight. And Father, just let them know that you will carry them through that day. You carry us through every day. Your grace is sufficient. Lord, there is strength to be found and joy to be found in you. And so, Father, I just I just bless all of our viewers, Lord, with just your peace and joy that the shalom of God would rest on every heart and every home. Father, that your presence would be felt in a tangible way. Lord, that you are near to the brokenhearted. Father, I pray that they would know that and sense that. Father, that you are near to the brokenhearted. And as we draw near to you, as we make our little man-sized step towards you, you make a giant God-sized step towards us. Yes, Jesus. 
And Father, it is in your nearness and in your presence, Father, that we abide and that we have and find our joy. So Father, bless everyone with heaven's best tonight. Let them fall asleep with restful sleep, knowing that you hold their hearts and you have good, good plans for them that nothing can thwart. Your plans for them are good and you will fulfill it. And it's in the precious name of Jesus we pray. Amen.